You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, Big Mike. Daylight Savings, Sunday evening. What's happening with you, man? No, nah, not much. I, I hear a lot of discussion this week about whether we should get rid of daylight savings or make it the standard time or whatever. But uh, I got to say, whatever brings us more daylight, more time of the year, I'm all for it. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I had a kind of a crazy weekend. My mom was in town. Uh, she made the trip out from Vegas. And a uh, quick funny story. People know me, know my mom. My mom is a, uh, she's a very adventurous, uh, outspoken woman from Brooklyn. And uh, yeah, she was at the grocery store uh, picking something up and I was literally waiting in the parking lot for her and uh, kind of got into a debacle. Security accused her of uh, shoplifting. So they brought her into the office and uh, checked her out. They literally went through her purse or went through her book, her bag and, she was yelling and there was a melee and I'm sitting in the car literally on my phone the whole time this is happening. So, uh, kind of a funny story when she came out, I was, I was laughing cause I, I'm just picturing this police squad car pulling up and putting her in handcuffs and me sitting in my car the whole time while this thing's going down. Yelling not guilty. Yeah. I would have had to set up. Guilty. The, the most concerning part about that story to me, Rob, is why weren't you in the store with your mom? She was going to pick up one thing. She had to go get some lipstick or something. She left home, and I wasn't going to follow her around for that. So, mm. uh, you know, Mike, I would have had to go make fr- a free mom shirt, and I would have had to take to the streets. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I w- we all would have joined you too, Rob, absolutely. Uh, yeah, whenever my mom comes through, I got much love for moms. Moms, if you're listening, obviously much love for you. But, uh, yeah, whenever moms comes through, it puts a cramp on the style, No, no question. But, uh, you know, small sacrifice to spend some time with mom. So, Rob, I'm glad to hear you got to spend some time with your mom. I actually went to see my mom yesterday as well. So, uh, definitely a mom-centered weekend for both of us. But, uh, Rob, you know, before we started this podcast, some people were doubting us, Rob. Oh, I mean, the hate was real. I mean, we had haters, you know, especially in our close circle, you know. So, we did. Yeah, yeah, a lot of doubt. But uh, here we are. We're on episode seven. And, uh, you know, one of those people who, who may have doubted the most is our guest tonight, man. People have been waiting for this interview, Rob. I, I think I've been waiting for this interview myself because of just how uh, much we know each other and just some of the stories that we kind of grew up together with are definitely love to share with the rest of, uh, you know, the, the, the world, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I've been looking forward to this interview, too. And uh, we go back-to-back Hall of Famers, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. So we want to welcome on our guest for this week. Uh, you guys know him. We know him very well. He's one of our homies and definitely a friend of the show, uh, none other than Bill O'Neill. Homie, what's up? Oh, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I did it. I agree to do this. I can't believe it. But I'm here. I did it. <laughs> Hey, you're, you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna have to excuse me a little bit tonight. I'm a little sick, so my voice is a little jacked up. So if I uh, if I start like squealing and stuff, that's just my voice cracking. And uh, but we'll make it. We'll be fine. 
so can I, to can our I, list, just before yeah. before we get into this, can I just tell? Oh, he's already taken over. He's already taken over our Listen, show. No, it's Rob. It's Rob's fault because he in, uh, did a story about his mom uh, uh, shoplifting, and uh, I witnessed Rob's mom steal food from a buffet once, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. We were uh, in Vegas at a buffet, and she came back with like three bananas. I'm like, man, why Janet's uh, really trying to go in on these bananas here at this buffet? And we get ready to leave. Nope, right in the purse. Bang, out of there. Like, oh, man, Janet. Well, if Bill, if it makes you feel any better, my mom on her way out of uh, my apartment about an hour ago when I dropped her at the airport put three frozen Eggo waffles in her purse because she was going to be hungry on the plane. <laughs> well, they'll be thawed by the time she wants to eat them, so that's a good move. Well, that's what she said. That was exactly what yeah. she said. She said, oh, they'll be warm by the time I, I'm like, Mom, that's disgusting and weird, but hey, feature your phone. Uh, I'm questioning that stance of not guilty after this information. I don't know. We'll have to come back to that. But uh, so, that our, so that our listeners uh, have a little background on Bill, uh, he's been on tour for quite a while now. He has 10 titles total, nine standard titles, and uh, one career major. He was also the PBA Rookie of the Year in 2005-2006. He's been a seven-time member of Team USA and has various medals in his uh, Team USA career. And he was a three-time Bowling Writers Association of America College Bowler of the Year when uh, me and Rob bowled with him and against him in college in uh, 2001, 3, and 4. Uh, so, Bill, you know, <clears throat> a little bit awkward for us because you're, you're our good friend. But uh, we want to get into an interview with you, and we want to start off with the really important, uh, you know, questions and, and things that people really want to know. So, our, our first question for you today in our interview is how can Ben Simmons ever really be great if he doesn't have the legit threat of making a jumper? Uh, I don't think he can. I don't think I've ever argued that. Well, you seem I, I, to be an MVP caliber he, player from previous discussions I've had with you, but no, he, I'm he just can, wondering how that be possible. Are you going to ask the questions or you want me to answer them? Like what, you know, you answering the question yourself or how's this going? Time's yours. All right, thanks. Uh, he's an all-star already, and he'll be a perennial all-star. But he won't be a top-five player in the league until he can shoot it a little bit. I don't think he needs to shoot consistent three-pointers, but he's got to be able to shoot a little bit in the mid-range just as a threat so he can get to the, get to the hole easier. I'm glad we got that on record. Can we get a prediction from you of how far the Sixers go this year? Oh, man, they're killing me. Uh, they just won a nice game against the Pacers, which they needed. Uh, so they needed that one. Uh, uh, it pains me to say it, but I think they're going to lose in the second round. And I think if they get the three seed, I think they'll lose to, to Toronto. But uh, uh, that's just the pessimistic Sixer fan in me, I guess. Uh, I, I don't think I can predict the finals run until I actually see it. I don't think I could ever go on that one. And, and season ticket holder. And Sixer season ticket holder. Yep, and I just renewed, even though they just jacked up prices up 30%. So. And, Rob, I still haven't been to a game, just for the record, but we'll get into that later, maybe. Uh, Yo, you so, when, you, when, you, when you hate as hard as you do, you're not welcome. That's just that the mm, arena policy. Mm, that's an interesting. From the front door. Hey, well, let's be clear about something, listeners. No one is a bigger supporter of anything Philadelphia than, than the 215th right here. All right. See me on Twitter. See my record. I'll just put it out there for that. But that's an interesting transition to our next uh, topic here, Bill. You have me blocked on Twitter. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that for a second. Why am I blocked on Twitter? Why am I on probation? Tell the people. 
You're a troll. <laughs> You're an internet troll. And so you had to, you have, you got, you got to pay a punishment for that. You know, I can't be, you know, it, you got uh, 12 followers and I'm one of them. So I'm like 8% of your total follower count. And so if you're out there just, you know, talking trash to every person that I know uh, online and tell them everybody how bad they are and they click on your followers and I'm one of them, they're, hey, what's up with your boy? So I had to shut that feel down. You, feel you. So re- yeah. really the, the specifics of the reason that I got blocked on Twitter was for, and I told the story last week, so the listeners probably heard it, but generally I was, I was making a comment that alluded to Chris Barnes not being a very clutch player. And Bill, I'll, I'll give you a second to uh, to respond to that and give me your position on that, and let the people hear it. Oh, right now? Oh, I thought you were going to go in. Okay. No, no. I'll give you. I'll give you I'll, I'll get, okay. Right. So, so yeah. So you took a shot at Chris Barnes and his uh, uh, your perceived uh, his uh, lack of clutchness. Uh, we've always had this argument uh, about because you you give him zero credit when he does anything well and a hundred percent of the, uh, hate when he doesn't, uh, which is obviously uh, unfair and ridiculous. Uh, but that's your stance. And so then you took to the to Twitter uh, to mock him uh, while his kid was doing something. So you got to go. <laughs> yeah, this is it? It's pretty so, simple. So we had a we had a discussion earlier in the show on a previous episode where Rob and I uh, discussed who we would not whose name we would not want to come out of a hat if we had a shot for a million dollars and. Rob named Chris Barnes and I actually said, well, now I have to name someone different because you took my answer kind of. So Rob shares in this viewpoint with me as another fan of bowling uh, and as an educated fan of bowling. So I just want to throw that out there. And I kind of want to ask like, is that going to get Rob blocked on Twitter? No, because he's not going after the guy's family. Uh, (laughs) No, no. I praised his son. His son hit a hell of a jumper buzzer beater. I mean, it was an amazing shot. But, you know, I, I, told, I said his son was way more clutch than dad. That means the son is really clutch, compliment. Dad, not so clutch. All right, so maybe not a compliment to him. I understand it. But, you know, okay, I get it. This is, yeah. this is what, what, a way to, what a way to say that. Not, not a compliment. That is, a, that is a quite a, a movement of the, the post there. But well done. Not this a compliment. This is what makes it tough to be, a, to be a fan and a friend. So this is the position we're in, Rob. This is where we're at. Uh, Bill, we we have a, a deep history with you, Bill, Rob, and I. We've been friends for a long time. We grew up together bowling JBTs, bowling with each other, bowling against each other. Uh, you and I bowled high school competition against each other because we lived in the same area. Uh, so we wanted to get into our history a little bit and, and just, you know, part of us doing this podcast, as you know, is just to bring out some of the stories in bowling and some of the characters in bowling. So uh, we wanted to get into a couple stories just from our past and, and, I wanted to share one or two, and Rob did too. And if you want to jump in, by all means, uh, that's why we had you on. But uh, we definitely wanted to talk about that a little bit. So the, the first story that I'll throw out there, uh, even though I, I, have to, I have to premise the story by saying this, what I'm about to say may or may not be true. So I'm not saying this actually happened. I'm just saying that it possibly happened, but I could be making all this up. So no one out there can hold this against any of us in any way, shape, or form, because, again, this could be totally hypothetical. But hypothetically, there may have been a time where Bill Yu and myself and Joe Paluzic and Tommy Haig and Ryan Snyder uh, may have traveled up to Brooklyn to, to, to bowl 
what was referred to as the brackets on Friday nights at Gil Hodges lanes, again, hypothetically, you know, and this would have been while we were bowling the JBT circuit, et cetera. And uh, we, we went on this trip. I remember the drive basically being terrifying. Uh, was one thing that I remember about that experience. And uh, we went and we bowled uh, the brackets with Rob and his crew at Gil Hodges. And one of the people that was there bowling that night was Joe Tusa. You know, rest in peace to Joe Tusa, obviously passed away recently. And I remember that Tommy Haig called we, me, him and I were bowling on the same pair as Tusa and Tusa was shooting the lights out. And he looked to be like 60 years old, even though I think he was 40 at the time. And Tommy Haig said to him, oh, man, you're a beast. And Tusa, not realizing that us calling someone a beast was actually a compliment, he took it as an insult and almost physically attacked Tommy Haig to the point where I had to kind of back Tommy Haig off and and make sure that there wasn't going to be physical violence like somebody getting stabbed with something from the snack bar. But uh, do you recall that experience as well? What do you recall from that story? Uh, I, I don't. I don't remember like specific details like you like, uh, you do. But I, just thinking, uh, if, just give everybody a frame of reference. Tommy Haig was about six two, right? I don't know, he's a pretty big guy. Joe Tooth yeah. is all five four, five four, uh, one hundred and ten pounds. So just thinking about them getting into an altercation and, and Joe, you know, Joe was like your, you know, your New York guy, your stereotypical New York guy. He, he took everything as a, as, as a flight to him. So he was, he was on the offense that night. Just trying to, oh, he, he was ready trying, to, get trying to make to sure him. no one, no, no one took shots at his reputation or anything. Cause he was, uh, you know, he was a, a lefty guy who threw it straight. So he always had a chip on his shoulder because he didn't think anybody ever respected him. So he thought he was getting disrespected right. while he was taking everybody's money. Rob, you have any recollections of when we made that trip up there? <clears throat> uh, so, Bill, so what you're saying is New Yorkers, everybody takes – so I'm, I'm offended by that, Bill, that you said that – You have a superiority, every, com- you have a superiority <laughs> complex. <laughs> I, man, I remember you guys coming up a lot. I, I mean, you know, hypothetically, right, you did or you didn't come up a lot, but – uh, Friday night. Uh, we we uh, we've been out of juniors for uh, twenty plus years. I don't think we can get our youth uh, membership revoked if we say we were kids and we both for money. I don't I don't think that's a uh, I don't think anything can happen at this point. Well, I can assure well, everyone out there that if we were allowed to have waivers from our parents, we would have had waivers from our parents. No question. I may or may not have bowled as a young high school bowler in local King of the Hills in South Jersey under the name Michael Mornock. I may have done that. I, I may not have, but I may have. But I assure you, I would have had my dad's signature on a waiver if I did. These kids today. You didn't even switch it. up. You didn't even switch up your first name. No, no. I thought, it was, thought it was more. Yeah, it was more conspicuous. Oh. Yeah, definitely. I used to bowl uh, high school matches at the same bowling center at 5 p.m. and then bowl brackets five hours later. So, but this, just this is part of what made us good, though, is it not? I, absolutely. I mean, I was, I mean, yeah, for sure. Like bowling for money when you're 16 or 15 years old until 3 a.m. and then going to Wohop and then bowling a junior tournament Saturday morning. I mean, on two hours That's of exactly sleep. That's what we did. Listen, the next day we bowled Wallington. We bowled the tournament at Wallington Lanes and we all went over. And I remember this event really well because here's what happened. The next day I woke up and something happened with my contacts. 
where I couldn't put my one, my one contact in it. Like it, it infected my eye or something. And I had to bowl the next day with one contact in and I missed the cut and I had to drive home with Paluzic and he was a nervous wreck because I had to take the other contact out on the way home because my other eye was bothering me. And I ended up just following a U-Haul truck all the way down the New Jersey Turnpike. And that's kind of how I guided myself home, even though I, I can only half-ass see because I didn't have my contacts in. And Paluzic was a nervous wreck the whole ride. I think I may have been part of the reason. That may have been part of the reason he was never uh, one to get his license, et cetera. But, yeah, it, that, was, uh, that was a crazy weekend for me. That was an absolutely crazy weekend for me. So uh, between Tommy Haig almost getting stabbed by Joe Tusa and getting the bowl brackets at Gil Hodges in Brooklyn with my boy and just the whole trip up there and, and me having the contact issue the next day and the ride home. Yeah, it was like uh, not the greatest weekend, but definitely a weekend that I remember. So, you know, that's, that's one story for our listeners out there. But, Rob, uh, what, what direction do you want to take us in here? <clears throat> I'm going to fast forward the college bowling uh, IBCs my i think it was sophomore or junior probably junior year uh we're bowling western illinois and i know bill remembers this match uh we're in the best of seven final four to to tv show so we're in the match before the tv show and we're in game one and bill is our anchor uh, and he needs to get up and mark to win our first our game one and he gets up and he ring tens and I probably, if I was a betting man at that moment, I would say Bill's probably, I, I mean, he, he, let's just say he probably didn't miss a 10-pin probably in three years. And he got up and, uh, yeah, he tripped on his third step and fell literally on the lane. I, I mean, it was, I don't think you even made it to the foul line, Bill. I don't think so, right? And then the ball ended up in the gutter, literally at the arrows. Um, but the the funny part about the story was, is game two, we ended up losing, obviously, by I think like one or two pins. Game two, Bill gets up in the second game and needs a mark to win, and he leaves a 10-pin again, and he gets up and he aces it, and he turns around, and he starts yelling, not again, not again. He's yelling at Western Illinois. Uh, we ended up losing in seven, so I still blame Bill to this day for me not bowling on TV and winning a national title. So thanks, Bill. Appreciate that. Is there a question in there? No, that's no that, was, story. Story. Oh. that was just story. Okay, well, let me, let me, uh, let me just uh, say that if you're going to tell the story and you're going to try to make fun of me, you should at least get it right. And uh, I didn't trip. I, I used to go uh, a little bit too aggressive to the foul line, and I used to throw it really hard. And I went uh, – I was going a little quick, and I slipped, and I just literally – my feet went, like, out from under me as I slid. Uh, and the ball did, in fact, go in the gutter. It would have definitely made it past the arrows. But I didn't trip over myself and fall down. I slipped. Hey. And, Rob, I would, I, I, would, I would tell a memorable story about something that you did when we bowled college, but there wouldn't be one, I don't think, one moment uh, that really stood out. So I'm not really <laughs> sure I could, I could add anything here. Uh, well, Bill, you had some, like, honestly, and I'm not, I'm not cracking on you with this, but in your career, some of, some of the times where you were bowling for like big team championships, you had issues with fouling and foul line issues like that happened in the Catholic league matches too. Yes. Yeah. I fouled a couple of times. I used to I tell you, I used to go hard. 
I used to go hard, and I and I used to wear I used to wear those uh, limbs with the the the, the circle uh, soles at the bottom, and they used to wear pretty quick. And you know, if I wasn't on top of that, they'd get that tube out. Remember that tube the limbs had with the little circles yeah. in there? And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I used to have I them, and, and uh, I used to. I used to book it to the line, and uh, sometimes it got a little aggressive. And you know, you know, so Bill, the, the, the the approach couldn't hold me. I was heavy too, so I was heavy, and I used to run to the line. There was a lot, a lot of downhill movement there. It's like a, it's like a, a semi on the highway trying to slam on the brakes. Takes a minute. You know, sometimes right. I used to go a little hard. Wide load, wide load on the yeah. back. Yeah, Mike. Absolutely, Mike. Do, um, do you remember Bill's uh, nickname? in high school for when we were out in the juniors before the real deal thing came in, which I was never a supporter of that nickname. Do you remember what his real nickname was? Well, like, first of all, I was the king. I've always been the king of giving nicknames amongst people that I hung out with, et cetera. I have some classic stories about nicknames. People often had numerous nicknames, but one nickname that I, that people around me referred to Bill as was, was Eddie Munster. That was one nickname. Is that the one you're referring to, or no? No, no. It, has, it had to do with how he threw the ball. Oh, buzzsaw, 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 yeah, buzzsaw yeah. Bill O'Neill. That's what we called him. Yeah. Yep. That I listen. I still consider that to be his nickname. I don't know where this real deal shit came from, but as far yeah. as I'm concerned, buzzsaw, man. When I see him throw the ball, I think, whew, buzzsaw, baby. Yo, his rev rate in high school and college is was like double what his rev rate is now. The, man, the tour, the tour made these guys soft. Seriously, but now these days, you, Bill, do you wish you had that reverie back from from high school bowling? Now, is this an interview or a roast? No, it's not what? a roast. No, I'm asking. Well, I'm, I'm just, just I ask it. I mean, you know, are we going to get to a question at any point, or are we just going to roast me? And uh, what are we doing here? I mean, I'll sit, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go the... sit in a chair in my room and I'll sit there and pretend like I'm on the the dais for a roast. I'll do it if you need me to. We're we're Let's trying to bring out. Character and some of the stories in bowling. I mean, these are, you know, these are good stories that we have to tell. We want to get yeah, them out listen, there. Sure. I, I will. I, I will say that uh, my rev rate did increase quite a bit in high school. Uh, and even though you guys don't want to compliment me, I'm going to compliment Rob here uh, and say that Rob was one of the reasons why I had to get a higher rev rate when I was in high school. I used to throw it like dead straight, like real, real straight. And so I practiced yeah. and uh, I started to improve my rev rate a little bit because I couldn't beat guys like Rob. And then, uh, unfortunately for him, I got a rev rate, and then that was it. Yeah, I, I remember very well, like, when you threw the ball with no rev rate and played very straight. Like, you were just a very straight player. You are a very good spare shooter. I think you, you had some kind of streak in high school of, of some kind of, uh, like, multiple games in a row without an open or without a missed spare or something of that nature. So, yeah, I definitely remember back in the day when you used to throw like that. But, uh, yeah, the rev rate definitely came out. When it did, it was buzzsaw time. That's what I'm saying. That's why I still uh, still, still look at you that way. But that's actually a good transition into the next thing we want to talk about. So, Bill, like every, every uh, bowler who reaches your level of success, like they kind of build their legend as their career goes on, right? And, and me and Rob have known you for a long time. And uh, you, you definitely – did certain things in your earlier career, even before you went on tour and even before you, you, you know, garnered the success that you have as a professional, you, you had a lot of uh, performances that really like built the legend of Bill O'Neill is, is the way I guess you would say it. Um, one thing that I remember is that uh, you finished first or you finished second in the first regional you ever bowled in. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. 
non-member. Yeah, and, and at that time, yeah, you were a non-member, and at that time, people were so impressed with your game. And I think you had led the regional by, by quite a bit, and you lost in the, in the final match. And people were actually saying that you threw the final match. That's how people impressed were by your game. Now, that, knowing you, I know that would never be the case because you, you're way too competitive to throw a match at any, at any point ever. But that's really how good you were. Like, people were putting rumors out there saying, well, he wanted to be able to bowl another event, so he let the guy win. You know, uh, R- Rob and I discussed a, another story earlier where – you you shot like eight fifty something at a college event with back to back three hundreds, yeah. Uh, I did have back to back three hundreds, but I think I only bowled like two ten or something the next game. Uh, but yeah, I did I did start off the tournament uh, 300, 300. Uh Well, no, yeah, it was the second day. It was the second day, uh, the Sunday, three hundred, three hundred, and uh, that was uh, that was that was quite a quite a weekend. Uh, uh, we uh, that, that was my my parents' first time watching me bowl uh, a college event. Uh, they actually traveled and went to Ohio. I think we were, we were in Akron, I think, or something like that. Maybe yep. Dayton. I don't remember. Uh, somewhere in Ohio, and they well, came and bowled, and we um, we destroyed a, a hotel room, and they uh, and they saw it, and then I went out and bowled six hundred for the first two. The next day, <laughs> well, I'm I, impressed by that. I got to jump in here because well, what kills me about this story is is the fact that. Bill, you averaged what, like, probably two fifty for the eight game qualifying. Yeah. Me and Bill had we were using the same bowling ball. I remember the bowling ball; it was a fuse. Yeah. Uh, it was a Brunswick fuse we were using, and I had the same ball with the same layout Bill was throwing. I averaged two hundred three for eight games, and Bill averaged two fifty. And I couldn't get the ball to strike. I, I was flat tenning and God knows what other nines I was throwing. And here Bill is averaging 250. So, uh, yeah, that made me feel really good about myself on that, like, six-hour drive home. Yeah, that may have actually been what it was that he averaged, like, 250 or 260 for uh, a whole block. Uh, I, or you shot back-to-back 800s that day, I think it might have been, including the back-to-back 300s. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, another another uh, get another part of your legend, you know, is that you uh, you finished and I'm I'm I I assume people know this, but I don't know that you finished sixth in the in the uh, the U.S. Open as an amateur. Yeah, that was like one of my most like memorable experiences uh, as a, as a bowler as a, you know as a whole, just because I was an amateur and uh, I didn't have any expectations. I was. Uh, I was pretty young. I was only like a little bit out of college and I hadn't really bowled too many events against, against the pros. And it was at Carolier. So uh, I was only like 45 minutes from my house. So I, I had to, you know, I wanted to go bowl. And uh, uh, I don't know. I just got, I was bowling good. And, and uh, I, I never expected to, you know, my goal was probably to make the match play. And, and then I did, and then I just won some matches. And next thing I know, I'm, I looked up with like, a, you know, there was like 10 or 10 or 12 games left and I was leading. I'm like, what, where am I? Like, I'm leading the U.S. Open. This is crazy. And then uh, and I think I realized I was leading the U.S. Open. I started to plummet. Uh, <laughs> but I ended up finishing sixth. I ended up finishing sixth. And, like, you know, all my family and friends were there. And uh, uh, Mike was, was yelling at people. I think your dad was telling people that they were getting put in a body bag, I think. And, uh, so no, it was – That was, was, that was a different – That, that one oh. – yeah, that was a different event. That was a college tournament. Uh, but wow. yeah, at that event, at that event, my dad did come out, and we were watching in the back with everybody. And you were bowling Walter Ray at one point, and like at that time, Walter Ray was Walter Ray. You know, I mean, it was like 
height of the GOAT era. And, uh, and you were bowling Walter Ray, and he goes up. And I, I, I don't know. I don't recall if he needed the hit at that time or not. And he leaves a stone eight. And everybody's like, oh. And my dad's just like, well, you hit nine, you get nine. And everybody <laughs> turns around and, like, gives him the stink eye because everybody was a fan of Walter Ray at that time. And, we, you know, we didn't care. We were like, we were there to root for you. We had your back, dog. Yeah, there was definitely, uh, I think at that time, it's funny to me, like, being your friend and a fan, like, showing up at some of those events where you bowled good. I, I think there was definitely at that one. What I remember is you were kind of the new kid on the block, and I'm not so sure that uh, some of those guys out there took too kindly to uh, to our, our type of Philly, uh, Philly love that we were showing you out on the concourse. But, yeah, as always, we didn't, uh, we didn't really have too much to care about what they said. So it was all good. Yeah, and, you know, like, and, and, and because of that, because that was, like, one of the moments where I said to myself after I was done, like, I – I have to do this for a living. Like I have to experience what I just experienced again. Like I, there's no way I could go through uh, bowling anymore and not have to, you know, be able to try to live that again. Like that was like to have that many people like cheering everything you do was like, uh, it's a, I can't even like explain it. Like how cool it is. And uh, as it kind of stinks about not being able to go back to Carolier just to be able to do that again. Yeah, we had a uh, – there was a little discussion on social media this past week. I, I think Tom Clark, I don't know if he was taking a shot at me or he was just being funny or if he was being genuine, but he sent out a picture of, like, a big guy in a bail bond shirt and was like, oh, is this you? And I told him, no, that's not me. That's not really my style. I'm more of an upscale polo guy myself. But uh, I did tweet him out and tell him, yeah, you could see me on a couple of shows. And one of the shows that I tweeted out to him was uh, the U.S. Open that you made a couple years later at Carolier. Uh, when you were the defending champ. And, uh, you know, I got to say, honestly, like I've been up to Maine. I've watched the Maine shows. I know it's hype up there, et cetera. They get into it. But if any of our listeners or anybody who's checking us out goes and and looks up that show, and you can go on our Twitter and check it out. Uh, I think I put the link out there. You know, that was one of the hypest PBA environments that I've ever seen. You know, and I was like, it was really special to be a part of that and uh, and to be able to support you in that environment. So I, I, can, I can absolutely understand what you're saying about that feeling of having that support behind you and, uh, and wanting to experience that again. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, it gives you a little background on, uh, on the legend of Bill O'Neill. And that's definitely a, a question that we plan to get into with some of our guests going forward as well because uh, – as I said, I think a lot of these guys who reach this level of bowling, they definitely have uh, a legend behind them even before they they become known or, or, or win a, a series of titles. Uh, so, Bill, tell our listeners a little bit what life is like uh, off the lanes for you when, when you're bowling or when you're not bowling. Um, you know, what what uh, what's what's outside of bowling? We always like to, like, ask the guests that we have on. Outside of bowling, what are some of the things that you have an interest in, or what are some of the things that you spend time doing? Well, my life is a, is a snooze fest anymore. Uh, like I literally just enjoy going. Like I travel so much uh, that when I when I'm home, I literally just enjoy playing with my kids, spending time with with Christy, and uh, just doing things with the family. Um, that's where I get most of my happiness from when I'm when I'm home. Uh, but I think, you know, if, if it's not with the kids and I, I, in the summertime, I enjoy playing a little bit of golf, um, and, uh, you know, try to, try to keep going to the gym, uh, as much as possible, keep his somewhat decent shape. Um, 
Yeah, that's really, really it. I mean, uh, I'm a I'm a rabid Sixers fan, so I, I get to some games and I watch every game. And that's one thing that me and my me and my son get to do a lot together. Is he's a, a pretty diehard basketball fan, so we we watch a lot of games together and stuff. So that's pretty much what life is like for me outside of uh, outside of bowling. When I, when I'm done when I'm done uh, out when I'm on tour, I I just go back to the room and like binge watch Netflix series. Yeah, so you're not you're not one to get out much and and uh, you know experience some of the local flavor while you're out. You're more of a bowling alley back to the hotel guy, I guess, is what you're saying. Well, I used to do all that. Like I did. I mean, I've been I've been on tour since uh, fall of 2005. So like most of the cities that we go to, you know, we've been to already. So there's not really not really missing much. You know, I've done I've done all of it. And I'm you know I'm kind of past the like hanging out in the bowling center and you know, having drinks or whatever till all hours in the morning. Like I, I'm, you know, I just don't, I don't have the interest in that as much anymore. Uh, I think it came when I got my gray hair and my glasses. I think that's what kind of turned me off to hanging out, I guess, just getting old, but it just doesn't yeah, the, interest me as much anymore. The glasses look is spreading too. We forgot to ask Tommy Jones about that last week, Rob. You know, no, jocking my style. He's just bite, he's biting my style. I don't think there's lenses in there. I, I see. I see. Breaking news. Breaking news, I did, Mike. <laughs> I told him. I told him the other day. I said. Uh, I said, if I win another title, are you gonna start deadlifting. You know, like I win. I win. I win one time. He's got. You guys have to go out and get glasses. Yo, that was that your first. Was that your first uh, tour event bowling with glasses? You ended up winning. It was actually, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. That's a stat. That's gonna be on some twenty years from now. It's gonna be on some trivia show. And I was Absolutely. also the first person to win on the win a title on the new Fox, uh, you know, new Fox deal. So that's another trivia question. Two and one. Absolutely. Two and one, right? <laughs> so, uh, Bill, to get into some some recent uh, Boeing discussion that you've been involved in, right? There, there's been some recent issues on social media that that you've kind of voiced your opinion on, and Rob and I wanted to get into those uh, those issues with you and discuss them a little bit. So the first issue that, that you kind of voiced your opinion on, and, and there was a very large discussion on social media about it, was uh, the, sh- the environment surrounding the show. And, and not only the environment surrounding the show, but the environment surrounding an entire PBA tournament and how that can affect the turnout that the PBA gets at a given tournament. Um, you kind of voiced your opinion online saying that, you know, you're willing to do anything that would bring fans into the building. And uh, you definitely discussed a little bit about the specifics of what you would like to see be the decor or the demeanor of the show. So, uh, yeah, we wanted to discuss that and and kind of take that conversation further. So um, I guess if you want me to phrase it in a a question sense, like what are what are some ideas that you do have about things that the PBA can do that might bring fans into the building or make the show a more inviting place for fans to come out? Yeah, so I think this is where uh, Twitter can be can be hard sometimes because you know you're just limited to characters and just trying to type things out uh, makes it makes it hard. But what I was really getting at is uh, it's more of everything, not just the show uh, that that needs to to change. And I think most of it falls on the the, the bowler end of it as of right now because logistically uh, it's it's you know with the bowling centers we operate in bowling centers mostly, so you're confined to a, a certain amount of space. Uh, we bowl in the wintertime, so you can't do anything outside of, you know, in the parking lot. Um, uh, I mean, in a perfect world, I would love to see where we could 
uh, you know, when you go to golf events, they have booths set up where things, the kids can do things. And, uh, you know, the, all the companies have different, uh, you know, exhibits of all their product and, 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 and people can do things and kind of then check in on the action as well. People don't have to be supremely focused on what's going on, uh, with the, with the event they're, they're at, you know, they can do other things. And, you know, so that, um, it's something I would love to see, but it's not really uh, feasible right now. So uh, in the meantime, I think for us as bowlers, we need to stop treating the people that come in like crap. And I think it happens way too often. I, and I've been seeing it for years and it's, it's bad. And it's like anytime somebody drops something on the bleachers or a kid giggles or, you know, people turn around. And even if it's just a reflex, and you turn around and look at that person, that person now feels bad. And I've had people, like, reach out to me and ask me if it's okay if they bring their five-year-old kid to come watch us bowl because he loves bowling. Like, what are we doing? Like, why is that even a question that someone should ever ask anyone? Like, to bring a kid to come watch an event of something that they love, like, that's crazy to me. And we keep doing it over and over again. Um, You know, and a lot of the older guys are the biggest culprits of it. And it's like, they're just yelling at people for doing anything. If people cheer too loudly and they're 10 lanes away and they're, you know, they, they stop and they look at the people down. Like if there's a local favorite, that's, and I, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And uh, people should let people have fun uh, while they're, because that's what they're there for. They're, you know, we're there, we're bowling for our livelihood, but we're also their entertainment, just like any other sport. And without people who are entertained by what we do, then we're not doing anything for our livelihood because there's nothing to actually bowl for. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, that's, Bill, um, let me jump in here. That's, I mean, that's a great answer because as someone who's pretty loud and who likes to yell and scream, Mike is probably the same way. Uh, if, if I'm yelling and, and somebody turns around and gives me that look, I mean – I'm probably not going to care, but somebody who is a fan or, or, or 10 years old or eight years old or, or, or wants to like cheer and, and they feel bad, it's a bad experience and they're never going to want to go back. And as pros, the, you know, as, as professional bowlers, that's where your, your, your livelihood is from the fans. You know, it's like any, any sport where the, the, the fans are the people that are paying the admissions, they're buying the bowling balls, they're, you know, they're the, where the income is coming. So, I mean, I completely agree with that. And it, it has to kind of come from uh, the PBA too. The PBA has got to let the, let the sit the athletes down, you guys, and just say, Hey, look, like you got to, guys got to be, you know, more respectful to the fans. I mean, am I wrong on that? No, yeah, I, I don't mean, think so. I, I think, I, I don't, I think it's crazy that we would even think that uh, the PBA would have to tell us that. I mean, like that should be something that everybody should understand. And I don't get why people, why people don't, um, you know, just treat people cool. I mean, it's very, it's a very, very easy thing to do. I mean, to just like sign an autograph to, even if you had a bad last game, you know, a kid, he's that whoever that person is might've been waiting six games, seven games for you to be, for you to be done to, to grab a picture. Like it's just really not that difficult to, to be, a decent person and, and, and make sure that the fans uh, ha- have a good time. It, you know, we don't operate in a world of uh, baseball and basketball, football, where, where these guys are hounded all day long. Like we don't, 
once we walk out of that bowling center, we're just regular people. No one knows who we are. So it's not really a big deal to spend an extra 10 or 15 minutes hanging out with people and taking pictures and signing autographs. Yeah, and I, I mean, also think, go ahead, Rob. I was going to say, that's not true, Bill. I've been in Vegas casinos where I've been taking pictures with uh, – I'm the picture guy, Mike. Let me tell you something. When I hang out with Bill outside the lanes or, or, or if I'm in the bowling center, I'm the guy taking the pictures. So got that down to a pretty good science. I, I'm working on that. You know, I just got a new iPhone, so it's got a new camera. So when I come up and see Bill next, uh, I'm, I'm going to be ready to take some good pictures. Have you yeah, got any really, general, really was, good ones? I was speaking – I was speaking generalities there. I'm a big deal, but most people aren't, is what I'm saying. So yeah, I, I just recognize and take pictures, but most people. Aren't. I think it's a, a good point and a good discussion, and and I also think that one of the more marketable things about the PBA tour, as opposed to some other sports, and you kind of alluded to this, Bill, is that you know the the players are more accessible, and I, I've even tweeted out some thoughts on that over the past week or two. And, and this podcast is an example of that. I mean, you know, if, if we started a podcast in any other sport, uh, I don't think we would ever be able to get the caliber of professional that we have been able to get on this podcast already. And, and that, you know, I, I, most, most people would agree with me, I believe. And, you know, the, the PBA, the players are so accessible. And it's really a professional sporting event that, that families can go to little kids can go to and they can actually meet a pro in that sport. And that pro may even, you know, who knows, give them a bowling ball or an autograph or a towel or something of that nature. And, you know, those experiences, to, especially to, to young kids are like, you can't put a dollar value on that at all. You know, if you go to a baseball game, you know, you're not going to have that experience with one of the best players or a football game or a basketball game. And uh, yeah, I just think that that's one of the most important things for the PBA to kind of, realize and to market and, and, and really make that a part of the experience of coming to a tour event where not only are you getting to watch the bowling, but you're getting a certain level guaranteed level of access to our players, you know, and they're going to be open to it and they're going to be gracious about it and, and, you know, treat, treat the people in a manner that reflects that. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, some, some interesting conversation generated online about that topic. So we're glad to uh, give you the opportunity to be able to kind of expand on those comments. Like you said, you know, sometimes on social media, it can be tough to get through everything. The, uh, the second topic, Bill, that, that you've discussed online with some people and gotten some reaction to is the idea of naming or not naming the patterns. Uh, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think at this point it's pretty silly. Uh, the patterns change all the time. Uh, what do the names mean? All right, so like now we're bowling on cheat at the World Series of Bowling, and it's 33 feet. It used to be 35. Then it was 36. Back to 33. Like what? What is the point? What is the what is the name get across? You know, like we when we when we were first bowling on cheetah, if you didn't get it right at like four, you went high, and the, it was super sharp down the lane. Uh, you had to you had to control the back part of the lane. Then it morphed into a a, a, a thing where the gutter still hooked, but if you missed left, you actually went light. And you can 2-8-10 missing left. So the, the patterns, they're not even close, but they're called the same thing. So uh, I just, you know, I, I, I just think there's another way. You know, and even, even when the patterns were same, they, the same, they don't play the same place to place because of a million different variables that, that determine how a pattern plays. You know, the lane surface, um, you know, the type of oil that's being 
put down, the lane machine that's putting it down, uh, the, the, the climate that you're in. There's all these factors that uh, – topography. You know, all these things uh, uh, are, play a huge factor. So, you, you know, people just think that, oh, I'm gonna, I played Cheetah here one time, so I'm going to play uh, Cheetah here the next time. And I just – I think there's a better way to uh, teach people about how to attack certain things um, than just, you know, stamping a name on it. We, we used to have PBA Experience League. So then at that time it was, it was used as a marketing tool, and, and it made sense because, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're having leagues and you're saying, oh, this is what, you know, this is what the pros bowl on. And, that, you know, that's, that, that's a cool idea. And, uh, you know, it didn't – I don't think it, just, it didn't work out the way that they had hoped, but um, we don't do that anymore. So there's just – to me there's just no real, real reason like that. Like, because you just bowl, and then where the ball goes, it tells you where to play. And, uh, um, you know, we just learned that from experience, and uh, there's just real no reason to, from my opinion, to to have it anymore. And from what I've seen on social media, Rob, it seems like most of the players agree with Bill in that opinion. I mean, wouldn't it be just easier to go to, like, just, hey, this is dirty. Like, I mean, I guess my question would be for you, Bill, is like what what should they, if you were in charge of doing the marketing for the PBA, let's just say, and you had a market patterns to the fans, and these are casual fans. These guys don't know all the, the variables that you just talked about. They don't know topography, and they don't know surface and, and, and oil. Um, what? How could they go about it to kind of for the try to at least – educate the fans on what you guys are bowling on. Can I, can I answer well, that first? Can I, can I jump in and just answer that I, as from a fan's perspective, even if they give the general information, Rob, I think that, you know, you can give the general information about the pattern, the length, the volume, right. And then you can kind of quickly educate the fan as to why those two determining factors matter and, and what, what general principles, right. Of how you might attack that pattern are going to come out of that length and volume ratio. I mean, do, does that make sense? I mean, I, I think Randy and, and does a pretty good job of a try to explain it on, on, on the television shows for as little as time as he gets to, to try to explain it. So would you kind of maybe uh, give Randy more? Cause I mean, look, Randy Peterson's, you know, he's an, it was an amazing bowler. Um, would you give him more time to try to explain that bill? Like on the show? See, this is this is like this is the million dollar question, right? Because it's very difficult to understand what's happening, even for people who are two twenty five average league bowlers, to actually understand what's happening. And that's the thing that hurt us for so long is that because our sport's invisible, uh, to try to get across what is actually happening is is hard, and it makes Randy's job very difficult. Uh, you know, because you could explain a thing and say, oh, he should play here, and then he does something else, and it works but you're just kind of ed- making educated guesses all the time. And that's, you know, we're just, we're just better at making educated guesses because we've, uh, we've seen it a lot. We've experienced a ton. And, you know, that my advice to, to people who don't, who want to learn how to attack these patterns is to go bowl on them. Like you have to be able to bowl on them and create a, a, a you know, a, a memory bank of, of all those things. And I mean, there's, there's so much information online now uh, between, you know, Kegel and, you know, all these other companies that are doing, you know, the Brunswick, the Brunswick machine. And there's so many 
there's, there's so many ways you can learn how to how to play lanes, and, and that's the reason why the, when kids come out now at 18, 19, 20 years old, they're so much better than they were when when you know when we were that age because the the access to information uh, is is far greater. Yeah, we never we never had we didn't have any of that knowledge. You know, we, we just we had to had to adapt once we saw something of that nature. Mm. We had we had Zion lanes and squirt guns when we were in college. Yeah, we didn't know anything about ball surface or what it did and how to do it. And, I mean, I used to put car polish on my bowling ball, and then when I was in juniors, you know, we used that finesse stuff. Uh, Mike, put yeah, it on my ball. Yeah, so, finesse was good. I. I bet you Randy could explain breakdancing, though, to the crowd. I mean, you know, that's easy. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you could do a demonstration, too. That would be awesome. Yeah, maybe Bill's next show we could see breakdancing. <laughs> so, Bill, uh, one of the last questions we we have for you before, uh, before we run through some quick ones here uh, is that, you know, everybody knows your homies with, uh, with Belmonte. And, you know, there, there's been, you know, there's a lot of, there's to me, there's no other way to phrase it. There's a lot of hate directed at this guy right now. You know, a lot of comments on social media about, um, you know, whether or not the playing environment is being set up to favor him, and you know, definitely a lot of uh, opinions directed towards him. And and you know, Rob and I both know that you're a very approachable guy. You know, you're easy to talk to. You're on the players committee for the PBA. Uh, does this? ever put you in a position where guys, because they, they are friendly with you or they feel like you're an approachable guy, like where they come to you and kind of voice a negative opinion about uh, that particular issue. And if that does happen, how do you respond to that? You know, what's, what's your answer? Well, first of all, greatness always breeds jealousy. Uh, always. Uh, so um, they were having the same discussions about every great bowler that's ever been, I mean, you know, it, that were they setting lanes up for Walter all those years when they could, he could play straight every time match play started, you know, it's, it's just been going back forever. Um, and it's just noise. And generally out here, the old, the, I've learned this a long time ago is the people who are doing the most complaining are the people with the least amount of success. You never ever hear the greats complain about stuff like that because they can't be bothered. Right. They're, if they're, they're, they're setting the lanes up for Belmo, but Norm just won the last, two tournaments because norm doesn't care about any of that stuff. He's trying to figure out how to win. So if you, once you get wrapped up in all that, all that stuff, you've lost. And so for any of the, any professor to, to, to think like that, I, I hope everybody thinks like that because they're, you know, they're losing. It's basically what it boils down to. And, uh, well, I'm not on the players committee anymore. I, I, I stopped doing that. So I don't have to deal with, with that aspect of things, but I think most people uh, the smart ones out here understand just that he's really good. I mean, so, I mean, there's just really no other way around it. And uh, he's won in all t- types of different patterns. He's won with urethane. He's won with reactive. And there's other two-handed bowlers out here too, you know. So it's not like, you know, and they're, and they're having success, but they're not doing what he's doing. So it's, uh, uh, you know, are they if they set him up for him, are they setting him up for Marshall and EJ too? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a lot. It's a lot of jealousy, and it's just a lot of noise. Well, there you have it, Rob. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a valid point. I mean, you can't argue with that, really. I mean, it's it's the people that are 
you know, look, look, like people find ways to win or they find ways to complain. So, I mean, if, if they're complaining, they're not winning. They got to find a way to win. Norm finding ways to win, right? So it's, it's and, you know, it's, people, people, people could think that I'm just saying these things because he's my friend. But if you think about it logically, you know how much money that guy's cost me. You know, yeah. if he didn't exist as a bowler, I, I would have finished one spot higher in every tournament I ever bowled. Right. <laughs> Except for the U.S. Open, <laughs> except, except except for the except well except for on TV because I always beat him on TV. But uh, uh, <laughs> but when it, if I if I ever could get there uh, again and beat him and bowl him, I mean I, that's you know it's a wrap. But uh, Mike, we're gonna need a response from Belmonte on this. Uh, you know of uh, Bill. Look, you know, the only things that, the only things that I have against him or the fact that I beat him the last couple times on TV convincingly, by the way, and uh, the fact that he's never won the U.S. Open. So I, I sound like a terrible friend when I say this, but I can't have him win the U.S. Open. It's all I got. So I need him to, I need him to, to keep crap in the bed at that one. Yeah, I, I feel you. Uh, <laughs> Bill, you know, last thing, last major thing we want to talk to you about here, you know, and, and Rob and I are excited to talk to you about this because you're our boy and, uh, you know, we're, we're two of your biggest fans. We're not only good friends with you, but we're also your fans, but, uh, you won a title recently, man, you know, and, and that title was number 10 overall. And that kind of in, in bowling and in the PBA, if any listeners don't know, you know, 10 titles is kind of considered the, the, uh, lock standard for the hall of fame. So, uh, Bill, you know, your, your career has gotten to the point where, you know, you're, you're, you're going to the hall of fame. I mean, it's, that's the way people would refer to it out there, I would assume. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, man? I mean, congratulations. Like me and Rob talked a little bit about it, I think in an earlier episode when we reviewed that tournament, but uh, you know, really just surreal for, for us to, to have grown up with you and bowled with you and competed with you, competed against you. And uh, you know, to see you reach that, that hall of fame level of success. So uh what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a, they use the right word. It's surreal. I mean, it's a, it's just to think about, I mean, everything happened so quickly and uh, it feels like yesterday that I was, uh, you know, falling down the lanes trying to win Rob a national title. And then like, you know, fast forward all the way to now, it's just everything happened so quick. And um, to think that I could have been doing this for as long as I've been doing it and, been successful, you know, with through ups and downs and, um, you know, ma- be able to ma- maintain a pretty good level of success. And uh, it, it, it is wild. I mean, I never thought I'd get to this place. And uh, I always kind of, I, I knew that I could be a pro, but I didn't know exactly to, you know, at what level. And uh, even when I won a couple titles, I, I, I didn't know where it would go. And um, we was just trying to keep bowling. And, and I, I keep that same mindset now because um, I, I think there would be people that would question still would question a vote for me at this point. Cause I have so many doubles titles on the, on the resume, but uh, I would, I want to get to the point where I'm not, it's not even a discussion and it's not, a, it's not a, a discussion for me either. You know, I don't want to have doubts about my own, you know, career and, and the validity of, of a hall of fame, uh, you know, hall of fame birth. So I, I am driven by the fact that I don't, I don't want that to happen. And, and, and I, I feel like I, I got a lot more years out here. and I just want to, want to keep doing it at the highest level possible. 
anybody who wants to have that discussion about whether your Hall of Fame 10 titles is valid, send them in my direction, homeboy. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I have been robbed of titles before, you know. I can't really, like I, I can't really think of any off the top of my head, but I've no, I know that something happened along the way that cheated me out of the title. So maybe we can count that. Like I said, tell them to holler at me on Twitter, dog. I'll handle it. <laughs> Uh, I, would look, uh, I, I, I would I would I would look up I would look up your Twitter Twitter handle but I blocked it so I'm not sure what it is so I can't give it up. That's okay. Listen, that I you know you haven't been following me for a while so you haven't seen anything I've done on there. But I told everyone an example of how loyal I am as a friend is that one of my best friends blocked me on Twitter and I still support him 100% on here even though he can't see that I'm supporting him. So you and know, I support great. and I support you. That's why I'm on here. No, that's excellent. We we you know so I'm I'm gonna look past that. I'm gonna look past that. But uh, Bill, okay. Bill, maybe this podcast of you being on our show, like, will actually get you Twitter verified. I mean, have we have we thought about that yet? I would Good I point. would like that. Yeah, I, I I don't know how uh I don't know how we get that done. I don't know how the Sweep the Rack podcast gets that done. But um, if you know people, maybe maybe you've made some connections over the first two months doing this podcast that you. Uh, can now help me out with a Twitter verification. We have to listeners, that you heard the challenge. You heard the challenge. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. I'm going to put that out there. Uh, Rob, you wanted to ask Bill a little bit about the particular show where he won that 10th title. Uh, what What did you want to get into with that? I just wanted to um, – it was actually one of the, probably the only – one of the only titles that I, I saw you be as emotional as you were on that show. Um, and I know you had a lot of emotions running in that show. Uh, would, would, did that temp title actually like mean more to you than your first title or your actually your U S open title? Uh, it's, it's very different. I don't know about meaning, uh, more, I don't want to like, you know, rank them cause they're, they're all, they were different. You know, my first title was, a uh, you know, I got a monkey off my back. I, I, uh, I made like 11 shows before that and hadn't won. And, and uh, it was just a, a huge weight lifted off. Um, so I, that, that one's different. The U S open being my first major and it kind of like put me on the map on the, on the, on the tour. And then, but the, you know, the win that one and uh, get 10 titles at the hall of fame class, it was cool. And then, you know, just uh, being the, uh, you know, the first show I made since, since my, my mom passed and it's it just like, it was all, it was super emotional. And it was very, the, the, the last match was, I had to try to put that out of my mind, but it's, it's very difficult. It was very difficult to do. Uh, and that, like, I, I, I don't know if I, when I, I needed to make that 10 pin to win. And I, I thought to myself, like, don't take any time. Like, please shoot this as fast as humanly possible. Because if I, if I stayed at like, thought about it any longer like all those thoughts would have would have probably come in as i was trying to shoot that so i just tried to just shoot it as, as as quick as possible and as soon as as soon as it left my hand i knew i made it and uh yeah it was just like a uh, uh the, the emotion just like you know just poured out of me and like it was uh it was quite a, quite an experience I mean, yeah, big shout, big shout to Mayor Man. We've talked about a lot of bowling stories tonight in our interview, and uh, you know, as we've talked about these, especially like some of those tournaments at the U.S. Open and stuff, Bill, where we were in the back watching. You know, she she's such a big part of those memories, especially for me because uh, you know those mm-hmm. were those were some of the some of the funnest, best, like 
longest times we spent together and interacted. So, uh, yeah, definitely big shout. And also big shout to your dad, too. We know how much it means to him. And I think he's actually a listener of the podcast now, if I'm correct, or if your brother if your brother did what I asked him to do anyway. But uh, <laughs> big shout to him. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Congratulations. Rob and I couldn't be happier for you, man. You know that. So yeah, big shout on the, on, the, on the Hall of Fame. And I already, t- I already put it out there on the podcast. Wherever they have that Hall of Fame banquet, when you get inducted, I'm never going to be allowed back in that place again. So I'm telling them before I even get there. So I'll put it out there again. But uh, Bill, we well, have some quick hopefully, questions. Hopefully, hopefully, you guys are still doing this podcast. You could do a live podcast from the, the Hall of Fame banquet. Oh, oh Rob, I know. Did we just I'm, get the invite, Rob? I think so, but I think he's going to regret it after he hangs up the phone that he gave us that invite. Right. You, you'd have to, you'd have to clear that with media people uh, at the PBA. But oh, don't uh, we got the connections? Don't worry. No, don't no, worry. no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I no. What he just said is, we're going to be going anyway as his guest. We might as well bring our podcast equipment. So he just gave us the permission to do that. I'm yep. yeah. No backing out of that. So yep. write it down, Rob. Mark that down. Put book it. Book it. Write it. Write, write it. Write it down. Take a picture. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We got. It. We got. Oh, it. We, we we might we might have some pictures for our listeners this week, right, Rob? Oh, we yeah. might have. Some on Twitter. Bill O'Neill week, Bill, O'Ne- Bill O'Neill week on the Sweep the Rack podcast uh, social media uh, account. So I got to is, it, is this uh, is this be part of the roast segment of the of the podcast? I mean, we might have you know, gems for the I might people. Have, I might have some pictures of the night you drank a whole fifth of Jack Daniels uh, at Lefevre's. So we'll uh, maybe take a I picture. Might have a, I might have a picture of you as a freshman or sophomore in high school accepting a trophy at an all Catholic event. <laughs> oh, imagine that one. oh my god! I've, I've had some rough, I've had some rough years, so I'm sure some, I'm pretty, sure some pretty good pretty good photos out there. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, so, Bill, a couple quick questions that we ask all of our guests to come on just to run through real fast. Who's the go to you? Yeah, this is. Uh, I, I heard your uh, your interview with the uh, with Tommy last week, and, and it, 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 it's such an interesting discussion because, like, it, you know, it, it goes over eras. And it's really difficult to uh, to pick people from different eras and say if they're better or not. You know, I mean, I I have to keep it from the '80s on because I I don't really know. I only know Earl's accomplishments and and Dick Weber and Don Carter and those. I, I don't I don't know from those guys. You know, I, I don't I don't know. You know, I can only look at their. You know what what they've done. I don't know anything you know much about them as bowlers and what they would be now. I mean, it's a you know, it's a crazy discussion, but um, it's to me, it's almost kind of amazing that Walter Ray gets as disrespected as he does in this discussion that right now, because uh, mm-hmm. it seems like it's a uh, it's a uh, cool to say Pete all the time, <laughs> and uh, everybody like goes on and says Pete, and that's their that's their guy. Now, Pete's more impressive to watch over uh, over the years. I don't I don't think that would be even debatable, but I don't think Walter Ray's uh, resume uh, can be denied. I mean, he's won many more player of the years than, uh, than Pete. And, um, you know, I can't put Belmo there yet. He's heading that way and he'll never get to the amount of titles that Walter has simply because we didn't have the amount of events um, that they did. And, and he's certainly not going to bowl till his fifties. Um traveling, you know, 14 hours each way every time he tries to go to a tournament. That, that, that'll that take a toll on him, and he won't be able to – he wouldn't want to do that. 
forever. So, but uh, I think, you know, I mean, if, if he wins a couple more majors and wins a couple more player of the years, I, I don't see how he uh, doesn't get that title, but there'll always be people that don't, uh, don't want to give him credit for that. But I think as it stands right now, I, I, I'm, I still have to go Walter. Interesting. Favorite ball ever. Ooh, I want to guess this. Go ahead. Bill's favorite ball of all time is the Columbia Rockstar. No, I'm going to no. say, had, I'm gonna say had, Brunswick, Brunswick Danger Zone. Uh, as, a, as, a, uh, yeah, as a kid, it was certainly the, the, the Danger Zone. Uh, uh, the, the original Black Widow uh, would, be, would be another one. Um, I think the ball that I remember the most and uh, did the most with uh, in, in my time, especially on tour, was the uh, uh, Hammer Taboo. Ooh, that would probably one. be would would probably be the would probably be the number one. I, I never really had like a ball that I used like on a million shows and just won a bunch of titles with. There was always uh, it was you know kind of spotted here or there, but um, certainly balls certainly balls with the Black Widow core um, have, have been 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 very good to me. And the Hammer Taboo had that core in it, so I think it did. But um, hmm. it. Uh, that 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 core has, has been been very good to me. Yeah, you put so many people's lights out as a junior bowler with that danger zone, that red pin danger zone. I mean, it was disgusting. <laughs> that thing worked on anything was, and everything. I think at I one point that okay. ball had to have like it had to have like three hundred games on it. I mean, it was just it had been through a war, and it just didn't matter. Like you would just go out and just like crush people's souls with that ball. It just didn't matter. I was hitting it with that finesse, it. so you know, it made it. It made it. Yeah, that car polish on there, and uh, well, listen, kept it going. We didn't, we didn't get into it tonight. You're gonna, you know, we're you're gonna be a recurring guest on our show. We'll have you back on, right. I'm sure, at some point in the near future. But uh, yeah, definitely. You know, growing up at Levittown Lanes, we had access to a lot of knowledge that people didn't have, and uh, you know, we had some of those little tricks in our bag for sure. But yeah, the the, the not surprised by the by that answer. But yeah, interesting. Greatest JBT bowler ever, Bill. Can't pick yourself. Who is it? Cool. Hmm. Um, I gotta be honest. I didn't follow much JBT after I left, so I don't really know uh, who did what after. So I probably have to go before. Uh, probably Lee Wenzel, right? Mm. Wenzel. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, probably would have to be. Yeah. Interesting. I think that would be. Uh, best, I, think, I think that would be my answer. Best college bowler. Other than yourself. Oh, geez. There's another one. Uh, um, I can't say if, you know, PJ Haggerty won a bunch of bowler of the years, but that, that, that there's asterisks on those bowler of the years. Those are like uh strike shortened season bowler of the years. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Derek Sapp. So I get Derek Sapp. Sapp was pretty, he probably had to go, he probably had to go Derek Sapp. He was the biggest like winner. He was a winner. That's what I would say about him. He, you know, he their their team just just won, and he was, uh, you know, he was the biggest reason why. Yeah, so it'll probably be, it'll probably be Derek. Okay, interesting. All right, so Bill, we're going to start a new trend on this show because you know us so well, and uh, we may continue it going forward to other guests. But we're going to let you ask each of us a question that we'll have to answer honestly and openly. <laughs> All right, jeez. Uh, 
Uh, I'll start with Mike. Um, Mike, would you say you have uh, more knowledge in uh, building rocket ships or basketball? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Basketball. Let me, I'll just go into the plot. Uh, listen, I think you, I, I, think you I know you were always in the bowling alley. Okay, you you stuck to the bowling alley all the time. I was in the bowling alley a lot of the time, but when I was not in the bowling alley, what you didn't know is that I had an illustrious career as a street ball player in the in the courts of Northeast Philadelphia. All right, specifically Lackman Playground. All right, if you didn't know, uh, my nickname on the courts of Northeast Philadelphia was the Surgeon. Okay, for the way that I cut it up. Some people compared me to Jason Williams' white chocolate. I was just like a larger version of him, maybe a little bit slower, but definitely had the same flair for the game. And, uh, yeah, so, so I would definitely say, uh, say basketball. But to be clear, I've never really had any experience with Rockets in any way either. So, yeah, despite my vast streetball uh, career, I, I would still have to say basketball, yeah. Since there's nobody here to – corroborate that story i'm gonna to have to say it's fake news and we're gonna to go to rob now no, no listen listen hold on if the people uh, don't believe me here's what i'll do i will tweet out a a picture of a caricature that one of my best friends had made for his wedding i was in his wedding and the caricature is us at lackman playground you can see the sign in the background of the character and i am spinning a basketball on my finger thus proof of me being the one in that group known as, you know, the, the basketball uh, trickster, good with the ball and the handle, had mad handle back in the day. Not so much hops, but more handle. So I'll tweet that out for the people this week if you don't believe me. I, I just moved, and I don't even have it up on the wall, but I will dig that out of wherever I have to dig it out of to tweet that out this week. So there you go. What do you got for Rob? Okay, uh, Rob. Um, what would you uh, just uh, um, keep this, keep in mind that you guys asked for this, uh, Rob? What would you attribute your lack of success with women? Wow, that's too good. Let me tell you something. That's a great question. Here's the thing: is I'm the most interesting man, right? Like I'm very like interesting person so when i go on these dates with these girls most of them are are boring they have nothing interesting to say so i end up talking about myself the whole date and because i'm interesting and the things that i'm doing are interesting they you know not so much them so that's kind of why i'm 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 falling flat on the dating world you know but look things are picking up you know i've been in the gym you know i moved to chicago so things are slowly slowly progressing here you know um we're, we're, we're working hard, Bill. We're working hard on this, uh, on that aspect of my life. And, you know, Hey, any, any single women that are listening to sweep the rack podcast, yo, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, let's, 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 let's go, let's go out. Let's do it. Bill. Great I, hear, question. I hear you guys. I hear, I hear you guys are huge in the, uh, uh, 30 to 35 single women demo. I hear that's I, I hear that's where you're hitting hard right now. Bill. <laughs> It's actually on my um, Match.com profile, uh, Sweep the Rack Bowling Podcast, and uh, it's on my Tinder, you know, so swipe right. You see that, Sweep the Rack. I mean, it's, Oh, it's- I'm going to tell, tell a quick Rob Match.com story. Uh, oh, God. So Rob, Rob uh, it might not have been Match.com, it might have been one of the other sites, 
but Rob volunteered this information to me, but he had a picture, a profile picture of me and him, and uh, a girl <laughs> contacted him and wanted to, wanted to chat with him because she thought that he was me. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. The, the, the truth, the story behind that, it's, it's, it's right, but she messaged me asking me who my friend was. My friend was, it was Bill. It was me and Bill. So that is, that's not a good look. That's not a good look. You know, but she must have, you know, knew that he had a higher rev rate than me because that's what the women dig, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bill, great, great question to Rob. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Anthony Simonson on, and he told us a story about how he was working in a bowling alley, and there was a, a fire in the dumpster outside. And Rob actually compared that to his love life. So very, very appropriate uh, st- uh, question to ask there. So nice job, mate. Listen, maybe you yeah, have thanks. a future on the podcast coming on and, and helping us uh, ask the hard-hitting questions here for people. I think, I, I, I mean, especially if I have 20 years' worth of knowledge of that person, I could probably, I could probably grab some good questions. Absolutely. Uh, Bill, we're going to get you out of here, man. Uh, who, who, who do you want to plug? Obviously, you've been almost like the way me and Rob look at a lifetime Ebonite guy, like going all the way back to college, yeah? I've been – well, I've been officially with uh, Ebonite International uh, on the Hammer brand since 2009. Um, I've won all of my titles uh, with with EBI Ball. So, um, you know, they've been they've been a huge, huge impact on, on me and my family's life and uh, obviously, I couldn't th- thank them enough. And um, KR Strike Force, I've been wearing the hammer sh- uh, bowling shoes for for a few years now, and uh, they're they're part of our our team at, at Ebonite, and they're doing good things, making great shoes. And uh, Vice Grips, uh, uh, another company that's been uh, I've been with for a couple years now, and um, yeah, just nothing but great things to say about every every company that 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 sponsors me. They're all all good people, and uh, the bowling industry is you know is is filled with with filled with great great people that uh, you know help a lot of us out on the tour. Bill, Bill, do we need to uh, talk to uh, Rob Gottschall for your ten year anniversary to get a Bill O'Neill uh, bowling ball released for Hammer? Uh, I mean, I bring up I bring up uh, a signature ball to Rob uh, every couple of weeks. Uh, so I mean, maybe you could add into it, and we'll just pester them until they until they make it make me make me one. Um, I'm holding firm on the uh, uh, the fact that I want thirty dollars a ball, so I don't know how good that's going right now. Uh, All right, well, well, you hook it up where you get him on the show for us, and and we will we will ask the hard hitting questions and get that done for you. I could I could I could make that happen. I think. Perfect. Nice. Okay. All right, man. I, actually, I would I would say, oh, thank you for your time and coming on, but you you really had no choice but to do this anyway at some point. I know. So. Uh, I'm not going to go through all that. And I'm sure you'll be back on at some point in the near future because we have a lot more to discuss and get to and, and uh, issues that you, me and Rob kind of see eye to eye, but you vehemently disagree on. So definitely way more yeah, yeah. conversation to have. But uh, listen, man, I hope you're feeling better. You mentioned you're not feeling too well. So I hope you're feeling better. You guys start the World Series in a couple of days. I think the official practice session is tomorrow and competition starts on Tuesday. We're recording this on a Sunday right now. So, uh, Rest up, man. Feel better. Uh, I hope yeah, you have yeah, we'll uh, have a good event. And, uh, you know, good luck out there. And uh, we'll be watching, man, for sure. We can't wait to see those live shows, and we hope you're on some of them. I appreciate it, man. You guys you guys are awesome. I, I love what you guys are doing. All, all jokes aside, I think you guys are doing great. And 
Uh, I'm impressed so far. You're, uh, I did doubt you guys at the beginning. Uh, I certainly didn't think you guys would do it because I, I think you're both lazy, so I didn't think you were going to do it. But uh, I'm, ha- I'm happy that you did, and uh, it's going well. You guys are, you guys are pumping out pretty good, pretty good content, and, uh, and the, the guests have been, have been really good. And uh, I, hope to, I hope things progress, uh, you know, keep progressing for you guys. Yeah, we got to work on that name, though, right? We got to work on our name, Bill. I mean, we didn't get a chance to bring that up, but I don't you know. know. It's, it's people. It's catching, I guess. I don't know. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we love yeah, you too, we're, homie. We're not the, we're we're not doing the wire thing. No, nah, we don't have time. We don't have time. No, nah, we're right. gonna have to save it for the next episode. We don't have time. I had I, I had to cut. I got, I got a whole notes folder. Ah, uh, save it. Save well, it. I, I'll, 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 get, I'll get more because I only got four characters on here. So let me I'll get more. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll definitely get into it on, on the next time we have you on. But, you know, we didn't right. want to keep for uh, for an hour and a half here. I'm sure you have other things right. to do than this, uh, this podcast tonight. But, yeah, in all honesty, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for the time. And yeah. uh, good luck yeah. out there this week. Bowl well. And uh, we'll be watching, man. I appreciate it, fellas. Love you guys. Thanks, Bill. Right. Love you, all right, Rob, another one in the books, man. That's what the people were waiting for, I think, in part. Yo, that was uh, one. Of, what is it called? Like the 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 main podcast we we've been leading up to was the Bill podcast. Well, I mean, would you say so? Yeah, for sure. We've been building. You know, we kind of referenced it right off the bat that uh, that he's one of the good homies, and uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot. I know for a fact there's a lot of listeners out there who you know, had been looking forward to us interviewing him because they know uh, of our background and history and our, our, our wealth of knowledge about him and his career and vice versa, how he knows us very well. But uh, yeah, so another great interview, man. And and like I said, I think that we're on the same page that we'll definitely have him on at some point in the near future. But uh, Rob, we want to move on quickly here because we have some other stuff we want to get to. And obviously we had a lot to talk about with Bill, but uh, we're recording this on Sunday sort of late afternoon here for us and uh the world bowling tour finals the show this week which is a tape show doesn't air until 10 p.m so rob what's up with that man i mean what's up with this 10 p.m showtime all of a sudden you know i know that the pba and the world bowling tour they're kind of splitting they're kind of parting ways uh there was a disagreement i think over uh, how the tournament should be run or what the rules should be uh specifically about handicap uh, for for female players, and I think that caused a rift between the WBT and the PBA. And I don't think that they're going to be partnering up anymore and and awarding PBA titles for WBT events. Then all of a sudden, I see that this show's slotted on 10 p.m. when it's a recorded show. What do you think, Rob? Is the I, I'm sure this is going to be the last one. I would think is this kind of like uh, the PBA brushing off the WBT and by putting them in that slot and using the show in this way? Yes, I think so. I think the PBA almost feels like they're they're punishing them a little bit like oh well things ended badly with us and we were going to take our show and we we're going to put it at 10 p.m. and make sure that it's at the crappiest time slot it can be at I mean to 10 p.m. Sunday I, I mean I'm sure people are going to be doing what I'm going to be doing and DVRing it and just watching it tomorrow maybe when I get home from work or, or, or this week. Um, I mean, what do you think, Mike? Is that something that you're going to be doing? I, I know how big of a, a bowling fan you are. Are you going to be staying up to watch this, or are you going to be doing what I'm doing and DVRing and watching it tomorrow or, or Tuesday? 
No, I mean, generally, I'm usually in bed pretty early, so it, it would be doubtful to me that I'd be up at 10 o'clock to, uh, to check this live or, you know, when it airs. But, um, yeah, I'll probably be doing the same in DVR and, and watch at some point when I have a little bit of time during the week. You know, it is only a, a three-person show on the guys' and girls' side. Um, you know, so it's definitely not something that I put at, like, the top of my list as a priority to catch when it's on. Uh, but yeah, I, I was definitely, when I saw the 10 PM time slot, like, Hmm, what's going on with that? You know, kind of made me raise my eyebrows a bit and just say, you know, uh, I wonder why they, they chose that. I'm actually going to check FS one in a little bit and see like, is there some kind of special event going on tonight that, you know, would have determined that it be in that time slot. But, uh, yeah, if there's not certainly that, uh, (laughs) is not the best time to be showing a show if you, uh, want people to watch it. So you know, but definitely check that out. Uh, we got the word from Anthony Simonson a couple of weeks ago that we may want to take a look at that show when we asked him about whether or not he'll throw a backup ball on live TV. So perhaps there's something to look for there. So people can definitely check that out if you haven't already and uh, if you have a DVR like us. So, Rob, the, uh, the World Series of Bowling starts uh, two days after we're recording this. The official practice session is tomorrow, which is Monday, and competition starts on Tuesday, as we talked about with Bill there's five tournaments within one tournament here. Okay. You have mm. the cheetah championship, chameleon championship, and scorpion championship, uh, 10 games qualifying for each of those top 16 advance to a best of five single elimination match play, which is going to be bold the afternoon before the show airs live that night. Mm. So qualifying takes place on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of this week. And the live shows are going to air on the 18th, 19th, and 20th at 8 p.m. with the match play portion of those events being bowled earlier that day to decide the four people on the show. Uh, Shows are going to be four players. They're all going to bowl one game with the low score being eliminated until it's down to two players who obviously will bowl for the title. Uh, At the same time that those events are going on, the 30-game total for those three events is being used to take the top 40 to the cashers round of the World Championship. Cashers will then bowl an additional 10 games, and then the field's going to be cut to the top 16 for 16 games of round-robin match play before the top five are decided for the World Championship show, which is going to air Thursday the 21st. So you have four nights in a row of live bowling, 18, 19, 20th, 21st, with the last night being the World Championship, and on the side, Rob, fifth tournament, we also have the USA versus the world uh, competition in this event. 20K for each smaller event here, 60K for the world championship. What are your thoughts, Rob? Love live bowling, four nights. Love it, love it, love it, Mike. Four nights of live bowling. I mean, that is like a bowling fan's dream, right? Like, I mean, this is exciting. And I was the first person to criticize the PBA when the world series of bowling, they did it years past where they, every show was taped. And as a bowling fan, you know already who wins before you even watch it. So there was, there was zero excitement watching those shows, but four nights of live bowling. That's like Mike. I mean, Christmas four nights instead of one night. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to take a little bit of a different, uh, approach here. I actually like the bowling being on week to week. I know that's not doable with the World Series of Bowling because they're bowling five events in basically a week's time, week and a half. So I know that's not doable. And I do think that the best thing for them to do 
given the circumstances, is to have the four shows in a row in, in one week. I think that is really good for the PBA. But if you're asking me my personal opinion, I like the shows being week to week. I like them being on Sunday. I think they were doing a real good job supplementing people with from, from the end of football. Um, but, yeah, the, the having the four shows in a row definitely presents some unique opportunities for the PBA uh, to, to market their product and to have people kind of tune in early and stay tuned in for, for the whole week to see how that tournament develops. Uh, you know, a lot of money on the line here, Rob. You know, you have 60K total for the three smaller events and then 60K for the world championship. So 120,000 in uh, first prizes on the line. So some people could be walking away here and this could kind of make or break their year. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, this is going to be between Norm and Belmonte. To, I mean, for player of the year, for top 40 for the uh, PBA draft, right? Like that's going to set a lot of, you know, stuff going forward when it comes to uh, PBA player of the year, drafting, uh, you know, just money, right? Like there's just a lot yeah, going and maybe, on. And maybe more importantly, Rob, you know, the, the point rankings for the PBA playoffs coming up. Yeah. Okay. Because after the World Series of Bowling, really only the Masters remains after the World Series of Bowling uh, before the PBA playoffs are set. And the PBA takes up to Portland, Maine to kind of whittle down that, that field, uh, I think, of 24 bowlers to the winner of the PBA playoffs, which, uh, if I'm correct, I don't know, I haven't looked it up, so don't quote me on this, is a $100,000 top prize this year, I believe. It's one of the centerpiece events for the tour, for sure. Um, so if we take a, a look real quick at, at the uh, point list right now for the PBA playoffs, I'm going to run down the list real quick, Rob, and go through about the top 40 here very, in very fast fashion. But uh, I'll ask you for comment after I'm done and either, you know, who's here or who's not here. Names that you hear or names that you don't. You have, and this is in order, you have Belmonte, Tackett, Duke, Simonson, Rash, Buttruff, Kent, Darty, Malott, Troop, O'Neill, Allen, Prather, Archer, Svensson, Barnes, Page, Lavery, Spar, Anthony Lavery, Spar, Kyle Sherman, Blanchard, Don Barrett, Tommy Jones, Brad Miller, Nick Pate, Tom Smallwood, Stuart Williams, Maldonado, Patrick Gerard, Darren Tang, Zach Wilkins, Matt Ogle, Palerma, Thomas Larson, Brad Angelo, Richie Teese, Andrew Anderson, Andres Gomez, A.J. Johnson, Sean Lavery Spar, Michael Tang. That rounds out the top 40. And just to give you the next 10 down, you have Mike Machuga, Sam Cooley, Jason Sterner, Chris Loschetter, uh, Francis Laveau, Chapman, Robinson, Larson, Ruiz, and Ronnie Russell. What do you think, Rob? I, it'll be interesting to see how the bottom 10, if somebody, one of those guys makes a show, I mean, one, that would skyrocket their, like, everything. So it all takes is just one show for them to make, and it's so quick. The thing about the World Series of bowling is you're bowling four to five tournaments in one bowling center. And if you're a bowler who's been struggling in, in the first half of the, of the season uh, on the, you know, the, the, the shows that have already aired or the tournaments that have already been, you know, to, uh, that have already been set and you match up in this one bowling center, I mean, you technically could have a, an unbelievable run in five tournaments. All it takes is just having a good look in the one bowling center. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be interesting to see. And I, I want to follow that as the World Series goes on and develop. So, you know, we give people a little bit of a rundown of the action that they can look for over the coming weeks. Obviously, Flow Bowling is going to be covering the World Series of Bowling 
leading up to those four live shows. So I'll be checking that out, Rob. I'm sure you will be too. Absolutely. I'm I'm excited about it and it's a lot of bowling. So, you know, hopefully uh, my boss uh, doesn't come over to my desk and see me watching bowling all the time, you know, from yeah, my computer. Sure. My, my data bill is going to be through the roof this month, probably from, uh, from watching all my lunch. Uh, so Rob, we wanted to get into a little bit, a little segment here that we may make a recurring segment on the show. And, uh, the, the segment is going to be called, uh, the flat 10. And, uh, we wanted to introduce this to our listeners. So, uh, Rob, are you ready to go with the flat 10 here? Oh, I'm ready. Here we go. All right, Rob, we got the flat 10. So here's how this works. Uh, we're, we're going to do a top 10 list where Rob gets five picks and I get five picks. Occasionally, we're going to throw a topic out there and uh, go through our flat 10 list here. So, Rob, our topic for this week is people that we are confident will make a PBA show at the World Series. Uh, we did have some stipulations here for our, so our listeners understand. One stipulation was we could not choose Jason Belmonte because, obviously, he would be everybody's first pick to make a show. Uh, we'd be more surprised to not see him there than see him there. And we also had to pick one player who does not have a title that we think will make a show. So, Rob, let's start there. Let's start with the player who does not have a title that we think will make a show that we uh, could possibly see on a show at the World Series. Uh, start us off on our flat 10 list, Rob. Who is it? Who do you have? This is a kind of a, a reach here, but I really kind of – one of the – pros that I look forward to seeing on the show is Cameron Doyle. Mm. He hasn't been bowling real good as of late though, Rob. And all it takes is one show. That's it. It's all it takes is one show. And he's been, uh, you know, I, he had a lot of hype coming out of uh, use and, and team USA. And uh, I kind of, that was the, one of the first pros that I thought of when, when this topic kind of came across my desk. So I'm kind of sticking with it, you know, and, uh, We'll, you know, okay. we'd like to see him. Yeah, my pick is going to be uh, very similar. You know, bowler that not many people may have, uh, you know, been following all that closely. Young guy out there. My pick for a player who does not have a title that I think we may see make a World Series of Bowling show is uh, Kenny Ryan is going to be my pick. He has a lot of experience in, in college bowling. I think he won the uh, college individual championship last year. His team also made the show at the IBC Nationals last year. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a run. He won the U.S. Amateur Tournament, I believe, as well. So definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him make a run and uh, make a show, especially on something like the Cheetah Pattern, where it's a little bit shorter and he's a lefty, and I, I think that kind of suits his game. All right, Rob, who's your, who's your next on your flat 10 list? I mean, our feature guest this this week, Bill O'Neill, right? Like that's okay. pretty. He has a title in this Bone Center. Keep in mind, I believe uh, he won a, a Viper pattern. Um, was it one of his like early career titles? And 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 Thunderbolt. Yeah, he's had some success there. He's also on my list, so I'll use that one as as my choice as well. So who's next on your list? Marshall Kent. Good pick. Yeah, he's been been bowling well, too, especially since he kind of refocused himself. My next pick is going to be Tom Smallwood. Oh. I think I think you can book Tom Smallwood for at least one show here, possibly even the world championship show. I'm going to go out and make that prediction that he he may be one of the guys that's in the mix at the very end. Who do you got next, Rob? 
Smallwood's home, hometown favorite, right? Saginaw, Michigan. Yeah, he's not far from home either. Yeah, absolutely. That never hurts. Uh, I'm going to go out and say Ryan Simonelli. Mm, okay, good. Good pick. Uh, I also have a lefty on my list, Rob. Uh, Rhino Page. Been consistent all year, you know, and he's kind of been under the radar a little bit too. So, yeah, you know, I think definitely. you can put him on a show. He's been bowling good. He he's made a few shows already. I actually think he's in the rate, you know, in the running sort of for the Player of the Year if he could bust out here at the end and, and win a title or two. You know, that would definitely put him in the conversation because he's made some other shows. Uh, who's your last person? You know, this is kind of an easy pick, but EJ Tackett has got to be on the top of the, everybody's list to make one show in, 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 in five tournaments. Yeah, right. He's almost another guy that we probably could have discluded from the conversation, I guess, because uh, you'd be less surprised at, or more surprised if he didn't make it than if he did. Uh, my last pick, Rob, on, on my flat 10 list is Chris Barnes. Uh, he's been bowling good. He's been getting close. And I think given a few opportunities in the same bowling center, uh, I would be surprised if he doesn't come out of here uh, making a show. So, Rob, um, flat, flat 10 list, uh, we'll follow up with the listeners and we'll let them know uh, how that turns out, I guess, right? Yeah, you know, and uh, also the just to give a little quick shout-out, the next uh, person on my flat 10 list, if there was a flat 11 list, uh, was Norm Duke. I mean, I I would love to see Norm Duke win another one this this week so that would be that would be awesome right because he's had some success at thunder bowl as well too so yeah absolutely we'll we'll have to watch to see if uh if his hot streak continues all right so that's our first flat 10 list we wrap it up but we left the flat 10 so rob uh we yeah who doesn't love al bundy who doesn't live that long? Right? I mean, come on. You know? Thumb warmer, thumb warmer limited edition. Absolutely. Uh, Rob, last uh, topic we have here tonight. We, we, we kind of had a Facebook uh, post that involved us that we were tagged in kind of blow up. You want to you explain the details there? Sure. Uh, Russell Yap, old-time JBT bowler out of Maryland, uh, put up a post about – no, no, no. Uh, he's not out of Maryland. He's out of Jersey. What? Let me correct that. that. He's out of Jersey. Yeah, Russell Yap's a Jersey guy. Yeah, Russell Yap. No, no, he's a Jersey guy. Russell Yap, king of slow strap from Jersey. Apologize to Russell. You know, I don't want to, uh, you know, Jersey guys, you know, they get very, uh, they're very proud of being from Jersey. So I, I don't want him to be angry with me. Uh, he, we blew up on Facebook from the old JBT uh, crowd this week posting about who the greatest uh, JBT bowler of all time was and kind of want to throw it out there because it's an interesting conversation. And uh, we had guest appearance on the thread by none other than Chuck Pisano Jr. throwing out a, a really interesting question to the Facebook uh, audience about who and out of the PBA pros had a national title as well as JBT title. And there were 15 bowlers as of today that also have PBA national titles as well as junior bowlers tour titles. So it got really interesting to the last couple bowlers because um, people were naming them from all kinds of ends and you forget even he was a JBT bowler. And, you know, so it was a real interesting thread and uh, it was good to see Chuck Pisano Jr. active on social media, you know, uh, 
Chuck Pisano Jr. was such a big influence on our junior bowlers, uh, our junior bowling lives. I think without him and his JBTs, uh, I don't think we'd we'd ever been as successful as bowlers, um, you know, without the JBT. Yeah, we wouldn't have a, we wouldn't have all the friends that we have either. I mean, a lot of us we wouldn't even know each other. Chuck, Chuck's a legend. You a legend, Chuck. If you're listening, you a legend, Chuck. I feel you. Nope. We got to have awesome. him on as a guest. Reach out, Chuck. Hit us up. Uh, let, let you know. Get get in touch with us. We want to have you on as a guest. We want to hear some uh, some good JBT stories from back in the day for sure. But uh, yeah, it was cool to see that, Rob. It was cool to see people posting on there and uh, you know, kind of discussing some of the things and some of the topics that we had uh, brought up on the show. So, Rob, that kind of wraps it up for this week. Uh, we want to make people aware. You know, we're we're kind of having a discussion about uh, what our show schedule is going to be for the World Series and and, and the four live shows. So. Rob, should we just give people a, a possible heads up that they might see uh, some increased activity from us over the coming week or so as as these four live shows air? Sure. I mean, as long as bowling is on and, you know, Sweep Direct Podcast is going to be covering it. So I figure, hey, good warning for the people out there in uh, social media land and the Internet. You know, you might be seeing a little bit more activity in the next few weeks. All right, so Rob, that wraps it up. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the interview with uh, with our man Bill O'Neill. Uh, everybody should definitely keep up on Flow Bowling. If you're not subscribed to Flow Bowling, definitely is a great time to subscribe now with numerous multiple days of action coming with the World Series of Bowling here. But uh, Rob, we wrap it up. Uh, say peace to all our listeners. We appreciate it. We appreciate the listens. Uh, hit us up on social media at Sweep the Rack on all platforms. Tweet at us. Get at us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, put the show out there, help us promote it. Uh, email us at sweeptherack at gmail.com. You know, if you're Chuck Pisano or you're anybody else that wants to get in touch with us about coming on the show, definitely shoot us an email. We'd love to have you on and, and have you share some stories from, uh, from your bowling experiences. Uh, look for us on iTunes. We're on there now. So you can definitely check us out on there and listen on there. Uh, but you could also check us out on Facebook or blogtalkradio.com. Uh, our poll question this week, Rob, we're going to throw it up, is going to be uh, who, do, who do people like to make a show at the World Series? Uh, who, who are people following? So we'd like to hear from our listeners about uh, who, who they think is going to have a good World Series and who they think is going to make a run at a show. So shoot us a name on there, get involved in the conversation, and uh, if you have any comments for us, let us know. Uh, Rob, that wraps it up. Any final comments? No, I just wanted to say, man, I'm excited about the World Series coming up here, and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, questions that are going to be answered about uh, Player of the Year as well as, uh, you know, the PBA League, the PBA Draft. You know, that 40, that top 40, man, is is going to be a, a interesting to see who gets left out. And uh, I would love – I can't wait to see the social media activity around it when the 41st to 42nd player gets gets left off and see about the, that kind of uh, activity and conversation behind that. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, definitely something we're going to have to cover going forward and take a look at and uh, have some discussion on. So, uh, Rob, I really enjoyed the episode, as always. I think tonight's interview was great. I think uh, people will enjoy it and uh, show a little bit of a different side to uh, to Bill and to us and to the show. So uh, have a great week, man. Enjoy watching on Flow Bowling, and uh, we'll definitely catch up with our listeners next week. You too, man. Later.